Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. The Birmingham League Show. For your latest dose of all things Birmingham League Cricket. And welcome back to episode 24 of the Cow Corner Podcast Birmingham League Show. I'm James Hill, and once again, I'm joined by The Wall, Usman Awan. How are we, Us? Good, thanks, mate. The Wall was cracked this weekend, by the way. Oh, no. Oh, no. All the I was gutted, actually, when I saw him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jinx, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, well, we'll try, and, we'll try and work out a way to rebuild the wall whilst um, whilst we go on tonight. But we're also joined by the best-looking man in the Birmingham League, a rich man's Jack Black, Will Parton. How are we, Will? Andy Sutton. Oh, me. <laughs> yes, good, thank you. <laughs> Very good, thank you. A good, good positive result for you at the weekend, but unfortunately, I think everyone else was as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. But he shouldn't fall further behind. <laughs> at least I can't... Uh, he only needed Uzi Tang on for two more balls. That would have been nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, named and shamed, you know, we can move on. <laughs> and who can forget, Mr. High Performance himself, the one everyone tunes in for, Andy Sutton. How are we, Sats? Very good, thank you, mate. Very, very good. Since we last spoke, we had we had one week where it was rained off, and then we're we're back at it, and it's the end of the win lose draw. So we're moving ourselves onto the win lose, and we've got ourselves a very special guest, and should we say uh, an icon, a legend of Birmingham League cricket, Mr. KD himself, Jack Grundy. How are we, Jack? Good, thank you. Yeah, um, looking forward to it. So since your move from Stratford upon Avon way back when. You've been a one club man. Uh, 
yeah, it feels, uh, feels ages ago since I've been to Stratford now. But yeah, I've been at Kennedy for 11 years. So yeah, pretty used to the league, familiar faces each week. So uh, yeah, enjoying it. And um, I'll ask the question everyone wants to know straight off the bat. Nine wickets and then Samit Patel takes that extra one. How did that go down? Um, to be honest, initially I was fine about it. I think as captain, I was more nervous about how many runs we're going to get and whether we could chase it. But um, yeah, I guess in hindsight I got a bit annoyed. But um, he did he did promise me he was hanging it out wide. Whether I believe him, I'm not sure. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. out wide, but put two slips in. <laughs> more annoyed at Garrett for nicking it behind. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> On that clip, what was really funny was that one of the fielders' reaction couldn't believe that somebody's caught the ball. Like I don't know who was it, who it was. It was a Phillips. Alex Phillips. Easy yeah, course like at the that. AP at short leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a yeah. But yeah, obviously we only well, only just chased it. It felt like we only just chased it. So I think in hindsight I was probably quite glad he took it in the end. Career best figures. What was it like to have a day like that? I mean, it was obviously pretty cool. Um, without sounding too sort of blase about it. Obviously didn't think too much about it. It was only until I probably got to six or seven and I was thinking oh, Shit, I might actually get a temper here. Um, <laughs> they just kept on coming. I think, again, without saying too blase, a lot of it is, is luck. Um, I'm more surprised that like wickets didn't fall at the other end. Um, it's one, I think things just went in my favour. Um, a couple of guys tried to play shots against me, and again, inside edges popped up. Um, yeah, very much just one of those days, but certainly not complaining. Will, what was it like? I wasn't out there too long, so I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I was the first. I was the first to go, I think. But uh, no, it's um, it's like you say, it's one of those days where you kind of nick it all, and sometimes you get an inside nick onto your pad, or you know, you get away with a few, or you have a few drops. But you know, when when everything sticks and when it goes your way, it's going your way, isn't it? So it was. I don't think we really realise. You know, sometimes you like look at a spell and think, Flumanel, has that person got that many? Has he got all of them from this end? You know, surely there's a couple from the other end, and then you realise. Like and I think we were at the even when it happened at the end, we were a bit bemused by it all. We like we were almost disappointed <laughs> you didn't get it in the end. You may as well get it. You know, you've done all you've done all that. You may as well get the temper and have the record. That'll be a, a cool story to be on the side yeah. of, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> if it was me, if I was Garrett, I would have whacked it straight up in the air so you didn't get it. <laughs> Which I'm good at. <laughs> So it's been a pretty good season for Nolan Dodge and you've spent half of the season on top of the table and the whole of the season in the, the top three. What's changed compared to last season? Yeah, good question. Um, I think we've got a good core of players. Um, we've managed to keep those players playing more often than not. Last year we had a good group of players that we'd like miss them. They played for a couple of weeks then drop out for a couple of weeks. I think that consistency is really key. Um, I think our younger players have really picked up a lot. Such probably knows that just as well as everyone. Um, they're clearly being good players and showed potential, but like all of a sudden this year they're like some of our stronger fielders, whereas last year they're probably slightly lacking in that in that regard. So I think things just falling into place as well. I think you need a bit of luck, um, and that's on our way. Um, obviously, there's a lot of ways we can get better, but yeah, I think without having to have again, we've just got a good good group of eleven players. Mm. You're the only side who are unbeaten in the Birmingham League at this point in time. Um, 
say we've got a few losing draws, but stopping yourselves and defeat is that built that momentum throughout the season, or is it? I think I think it's probably more reflective of our attitudes, really. Um, that we're not easy to beat. I think we both fair. Well, we have both first in every game this season, mm. which again is quite rare, but sort of buys into that. Um, I think if I'm completely honest, I'm not sure of the point swing compared to those that we blocked out compared to if we'd lost. I don't think it's necessarily massive, but yeah, I think it's just reflective of our attitude that our tail end can bat a bit and things like that. Um, for example, when we played Smedic, we stopped them getting 24 points, which who knows, come in the season might be quite big. And I, I'm pretty sure that week it was their third time running that they had a team nine down. Um, but yeah, if that changes a bit, then obviously that makes a massive difference. Um, so, yeah, technically we might be unbeaten. Those losing draws certainly felt like a loss at times. But yeah, not complaining. Yeah, I was going to mention you'd you. I can't. Oh, I should have had. I should have had the stats to hand. I've got every stat in front of me, but not this one. But uh, <laughs> blocked out a fair few balls at the end as you uh, saw the game out. Need to cut to some like yeah. lift music here or something. Thank you for holding. The Cow Corner podcast will be back after this short intermission. Did you know that Andy Sutton, Usman Awan and Jack Grundy lead the league for not outs since play cricket started? More facts like that, your listener questions and Sam's take on what happened at Litchfield at the weekend, plus lots more, all still to come. Well, you ended up 22 off at 62 and Chris Chesley in 5 off 60 strike rate of 8.33 a real digging in moment for you both showing the strength of your batting lineup more than anything i guess and also mentality and not wanting to give the side the full points yeah um i think it probably says something about me and chris as, as people but i quite enjoy those sort of situations blocking out for a draw get quite a lot of satisfaction from uh, seeing the opposition get frustrated and things like that um and also, I think it's actually really tough to bowl a team out, um, especially if a team is blocking it out on fairly good wicket. Mm. It's quite hard. They they tried a few different things. I think they bounced into four or five areas, which no luck. And they probably bowled a bit of a part-timer. Again, three, four overs, and before you know it, then there's only six or seven overs left. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's really tough. Something we struggled with ourselves. It's only I think unless you have a sort of a quick out-and-out bowler or really good skillful spinner, that's that can make it easier to go through towers, but like I said, I do think it's quite tough. Yeah, and um, we'll talk about this this latest week. A big win for you guys against Sutz's Bank Green. A win that now puts you joint top with Hales Owen, and you're going into the final six games, and you've got the bottom four all coming oh, wow. up as well. So that must be a massive win for you guys. Probably not something I look into too much, to be honest. They've that bottom four have all got good players. Everyone can win, um, win a game. Um, it only takes a couple of players to come off. So, yeah, I wouldn't read into that too much. Um, I'd say that is, if I could compliment ourselves in one way, we just found ways to win a game. I know that's not too insightful, but every different week, we just had a different combination that sort of come off. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this, but sort of going into last Saturday's, Saturday's game, I was quite nervous. I think Barn Green are a really good side, especially seeing their, their lineup. Um, and then to find sort of a combination that that's managed to overcome them is is really promising. Um, hopefully, we can keep doing that on a week by week basis. But if not, then then so be it. So that's what was it like on Saturday? Yeah, it was um, it was a big game for us as well. And Jack's been quite 
um, nice there. I think the one thing that um, I would say that they've got at the moment is a really good mixture of of youth and experience. I think the the lads that he's talking about in terms of the youth side of things are probably they might be all seventeen years of age, but they've probably got the experience of kind of 21, 22 year old. You've got uh Hamza Sheikh wasn't playing, but he's played most of the most of the time. Amir Khan, uh Umar Sheikh, uh obviously Ethan wasn't playing as well. But if even with those couple of lads missing this weekend, they still had a a really strong lineup and they're overseas obviously we've only played in the once, but has looked a fantastic uh batter and and kind of um got them over the line with a with a really good innings. And then you've got you've got mids who comes in and just does his job as as he does, and then you've got Jack and and Ches with with the ball who just do that day in day out, and they've got a match winner in in Ollie who obviously got four for up front. Um, it was it was a tough day for us. We didn't bat particularly well, fifty for five. Um, it was always difficult to kind of come back from that. We did rally a little bit, um, getting up to one seventy, but we probably needed two twenty two thirty really to. Uh, to put them under any serious pressure, and we had to bowl extremely well. I think we had a little bit of bad luck with the with the decision across to the overseas when they were forty. They could have been forty odd for three, um, but I think in the end they deserved to win the game. They played the better cricket. Um, I think um, from our point of view, we'd be disappointed with our with the way we batted. Um, but like I said to the lads after we finished that game, we actually had a pretty good um, Red Bull campaign. That was our first loss in the Red Bull stuff. So. Uh, but they are a very good side and even missing three or four of their kind of main players, they've still got some high quality in, in depth and experience and some really good young players as well. So, yeah, massive congratulations to them. And uh, and it's obviously going to be tight going into the last six. Yeah. Someone who had a good performance on Saturday, who has quite a bit of headlines uh, in the Birmingham League recently, where he got four for 52 on Saturday, is your new season signing Oliver Curl. Now, I don't think we really need to go into too much detail in regards to what happened, because I believe that quite a lot of people probably know what has happened. But he has then had an eight-week ban from the ECB and then returned back for the game against Mosley. So first thing I would, I would like to ask about that is, as captain, how easy a decision was it to bring Ollie back into the side? Yeah, I, I think as... There's a lot of different elements to it. Um, he rang us straight away when the incident happened, I think it was like 10, 12 weeks ago now. He knew he messed up massively. Um, everyone knows that. It's a terrible, terrible mistake. He knows that. He still knows that now. We weren't sure of the ban or length of ban that he's going to get with that regard. Um, with it being in a minor counties game, the ECB were leaving on it. Um, there's in constant communication with Nick Archer and also our chairman um, and chairman of cricket. Um, and although it was an eight-week ban, it wasn't just as simple as that. He's had to go through a number of hoops. He's gone through a, um, a, a number of inclusivity training sessions. He's been coaching at, um, I'm not sure if it's Saka, but a Southeast Asian um, age group team. What he did was obviously terribly wrong, um, but I think he's gone through a lot of the right processes. He's said the right things. Um, our chairman has spoken to him. Um and he knows he's massively messed up. That doesn't make up for what he did. Um, but like I said, it wasn't just as simple as a we ban by getting back in. There was a lot more to it. Um, probably a lot more than anyone knows that's gone on behind the scenes. Um, 
I like this stuff. Yeah, we take that massively seriously. And we certainly wouldn't have been playing for, without those sort of um, different stages of the of the process and throughout the band. So, as obviously the the first game back was against your Mosley side. Obviously, you'd spoken to Jack previously before today, but um, talk to us about your feelings before and after the game. Yeah, I think it kind of, uh, from a personal point, I think it really helped. Um, also, really benefit the fact that I've got a really good relationship with Jack, and I think you know we 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 speak pretty much uh, when we're playing. We have a good time talking to each other, catching up before and after the game, um, and I. Again, from an outsider perspective, I was not sure that it was the right, you know, again, it's purely my opinion, nobody else's opinion. I just didn't think, again, outsider's opinion, I didn't think, just I thought the, the logistics of it looked wrong in terms of him going straight back into the team. And and, and again, not knowing, not being aware of the details. So me and Jack had a conversation that Saturday morning. Um, what was really, really good, really interesting, um, and I guess to a certain extent comforting, was the fact that um, just understanding of all the things that, um, Oliver had to go through. I think it wasn't just the, you know, you're on the sidelines for eight weeks. When that eight weeks is done, you're back in and you're playing. I think the fact that he had to go through, you know, courses, um, he's spoken to a lot of people, he'd um, gone through some understandings. And I think that, I think that's the key point here is, is isn't just the, you've done something wrong, slap in the wrist, go sit on the bench, come back and you play. I think it's that, it's the, it's the learnings. I think sometimes, not to go too deep here, but sometimes it actually takes a mistake to understand something better. And be a better for it. So, what would be really interesting, and, and I guess it'd be good to get your view on it, Jack, is have you seen a difference in him in terms of he's quite, I mean, he's, he's a pretty loud guy anyway. Um, and he's quite <laughs> a heart on the sleeves. I think, have you seen a difference in him, him in terms of before the incident and since he's come back into the team? Um, I'd say so, perhaps. Uh, I kind of knew Ollie before, I didn't, wouldn't say I knew him really well. Um, so, I probably didn't really get to know him sort of behind Ollie the cricketer um, I probably am getting to know him more now that he's sort of returned the band because it's still quite early on in the season yeah I think so I think the big factor for me and it's difficult to sort of quantify to find like it was very clear from his tone of voice from looking in the eyes and seeing his face that he knew he made that mistake and that was a big thing for me um, he knew he massively messed up like I say I can remember picking up the phone and I, I could tell he'd done something wrong by his tone of his voice so yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely can tell. He definitely feels remorse, and I'm sure, I'm sure he will learn and, without saying cliche, be a better person as a result of it. Yeah, I think, I think that's that's really important, isn't it? I think because you, you've also got a pretty multicultural team, um, and you've got some, yeah. you know, and Asian cricketers in there. So I think the fact that he's gone through that change, he's gone not not change sounds like a drastic word, but he's, he's gone through some steps, and I think if he's got, probably got a better understanding of it, um, and you know what's also. It's good to know is the fact that he knew straight away he made a mistake. I think you, you think about all the players, sort of the people who've sometimes in the past used racial slurs or said things in a bias or doesn't different, don't even understand what they're doing has a consequent impact on things. Um, the fact that he knew I, I kind of messed up here um, is also, I think, very, very important. Yeah, agreed. So, talking of Ollie, he's going to be in the next few weeks you would assume a, a massive player for you as the one day cup the metro bank it's now called it's, it's a bit odd call, having to um all these years being calling it the royal oh, london and that, yeah it's no longer the royal london it's the metro bank one day 50 cup or something um, <laughs> um yeah he's going to be a massive I want to save the competition <laughs> uh, he's going to have to be a massive part of your team you would assume given that 
I'm guessing you're going to lose quite a few players to Warwickshire and the such like. Yeah, I, I'm expecting to. Um, how many, I'm not sure. Um, and for how long, again, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think he's a massive player for us anyway, to be honest. Uh, I think back to that season for Leamington, he finished in the top three or four leading wicket taker and run scorers. Mm. Um, he's a brilliant player. Um, probably yet to see that for KD yet. Um, I mean this in a good way, but when I go and pick my 11, I almost sometimes forget about Ollie, um, which is obviously a massive bonus when you think about him slotting at six. Um, yeah. I can remember when playing against him, we certainly used to fear him. Um, I'm sure other captains do as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it'll be huge. And uh, Ackerman, I hear, has uh, played his final game this season, your leading run scorer so far. Yeah, pretty sure he was landed now back in South Africa, um, which is a shame, was unexpected for us. Um, but he was brilliant. He was an absolute superstar. I think you come across certain players that you can just have a feel that better than like just better than above everyone else in the mm. league and he was certainly that he sort of had that professional arrogance about him when opposition's best bowlers came on it's his mentality to whack him which <laughs> which at times concerns him a bit as a captain but when he does it as well as he does it's um yeah really good to watch he was he was brilliant we, when we uh, played against you guys at your place i remember he came into bat obviously you still need what 60 70 to win and I remember standing at slips, and I think Ali was at gully or something. And I said to Ali, I'm pretty, and I think he he patted a few back. In fact, he might have played out a couple of maidens or a maiden. And I turned around to Ali and said, I, th- I thought this guy was supposed to be a pretty aggressive player. He doesn't like to get the ball off the square. Kid you not, mate. Next ball, he ran down. He ran down and he hit Yati for a six over the, which I thought was a tennis clubhouse. I don't remember that shot. He's um, yeah, channel, but I think he played that shot. I just looked at Ali and I thought, okay. That, that, that's where that comes from. <laughs> so he's at what? He came for what? 10 weeks, something like this? A short stint? Yeah, so he always knew he was going to miss the first half. He was getting married. Um, but we thought he was going to be here right to the end. But apparently the South African season has all of a sudden been extended. Um, so he's been called back to go to pre-season before, then, um, before we expected, which, which is a shame. But it's, it's one of them, really. We've got to sort of crack on. There's nothing we can do about it. Um, and gives an opportunity for someone else. Yeah, so you've played for K&D for quite a while now. Who's the best pro or overseas that you've played with on and off the field? Uh, difficult to do past George Worker. Um, numbers spoke for themselves, really. Yeah, he was brilliant. I think he, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I think it's something like 15, 1600 runs. I think he missed the first five games that season. He was, um, yeah, he was ridiculous. And he... Last four. Like, <laughs> yeah, he um he gave off gave off a bit of persona. He was quite chilled and not didn't care, but very relaxed. But actually, he knew everything. He spoke to him on Thursday at Nets, and he knew every opposition bowler who bowled what innings and whatnot. So he was brilliant. Um, Carlos Brathwaite was obviously really good off the field. He he brought down a lot of people to come and watch. Um, yeah, we've been really lucky in that regard. Mark, I think Marcus is up there. Um, certainly different types of cricketers. Um, George Ware could sort of play like 150, sort of single handedly win you the game. Where I think Marcus could score your 80, 90, or 40, 50 ball. So, mm. difference compared, but yeah, equally good. Got a good track record of like landing good overseas. I remember Alex Keith was hit it so hard. So, did he, hasn't he got the league record individual score? Is that right? Yeah, 246. 246. Yeah. I think what people forget is, yeah. is against Tom Milne's. Um, Daniel Warrell is it in that um, sorry yeah. a really really good bowling side Nick James um, don't think Chief was there yeah really good side 
um, didn't do it against like bottom of the league. It was, yeah, it was, it must have been some not. So it's really weird. He didn't. Um, I think about like five or six initially for us, and didn't do that well. And all of a sudden, I think went a bit out of frustration. He's like, I want to open. Went and opened, and just completely changed him. When he scored a thousand runs, um, now professional AFL player. So yeah, he was yeah, a really nice. I think it was his second sport. That's sad to hear, isn't it? It was that <laughs> yeah. good, and he wasn't even his main sport. <laughs> when we hit George and I for a six at our place. And it didn't get above knee height, and we were playing on the far side of the square, and it hit the wall of the houses for six. Like I reckon anybody could have caught it waist high at any point from there to the boundary, hit it that hard, and we all just stood there like, oh dear. <laughs> and then luckily Ed Foster bowled a ball which went backwards and bowled him. <laughs> yeah. I can remember once he turned up on a Thursday. Usually it's better overseas to go and travel Europe and whatnot, but he turned up on Thursday at net in like the most interesting clothes. And I was like, what on earth are you wearing? And it turned out he volunteered at a charity shop every Thursday, which is obviously really good, but we were like, <laughs> slightly different um, to all the other overseas groups we used to have. Them. So, yeah. so how about the same question, but with uh, your regular clubbies? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Johnson was some keeper back in the day. Yeah. Going back yeah, when I think probably just, first joined. Just before you joined, if it's 11 years ago? Or, yeah, or I had still there. Him. He, um, yeah. He got me a lot of wickets that I bowled down leg size and he would get a random stumping out of nowhere. Um, I think Alex Phillips is unfortunate in the sense that he's often scored a lot of runs, whereas overseas has then scored more runs than him. So I think when George Worker scored 1,500, Alex Phillips scored like 900. Same when Alex Keith scored 1,000, Alex Phillips scored 900 again. Um, he's done a, a lot over a number of years. Um, I feel lucky, very lucky to have someone like Cheslin in my side. He's one person I know that can rock up. I don't need to message him, don't need to speak to him in the week. I know he's going to rock up and do a good job for me. Um, so, yeah, for me, for me, I think that's what the best Burnley cricketers and clubs are all about. Those people that turn up sort of week in, week out over a number of years, not necessarily superstars, but constantly putting those performances. Um, as a fair few of those dotted around teams and, um, yeah, enjoy playing against them. Yeah, okay, so we're going now into our final six weeks of the season and we go into win-lose, so that's 120 points remaining. I'm sorry to interrupt you, mate. Before we talk about the league and go back into that, there's one fact you don't know about Jack, which I can't quite, you know what I said in the introduction, you want to say the pre-bit? Yeah, I'm. I'm think. I think I'm. I've. I've seen it before. Were, were you like an? Were you like an extra on a? Was an extra? Come on, was an extra. I don't know. <laughs> Main protagonist in a in a Bollywood film. No <laughs> was, uh, yeah, he was a big big superstar. You went over to India yeah, for it. Still on Netflix now. Yeah, um, out in I India for two that weeks. Film now. So, um, see that? Yeah, try and keep that under uh, wraps, but it's difficult to. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, I wouldn't yeah. recommend watching it. He definitely did not get mine for that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Good experience. That's amazing. I did think it, but um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we're moving into the final six weeks, as I said. So, 120 points remaining. K&D and Hales Owen joint <laughs> up with 221 then in third place with 199 are Wolverhampton. One point behind them are Mosley. Then nine points behind them are Smedic in fifth. Then there's a bit of a jump to Bart Green, who have got 168 points. So concentrating on this top six, 
Jack, who do you think are the most who are going to give you the biggest challenge from stopping you from taking the title? That's terrible English. Oh. Who do you think is going to give you the biggest uh, challenge moving into the final six weeks of the season? I've I've always felt Smedley to be in the team to beat. Um, I think when you win it last year, you're always going to be the team to beat this year. They, when we played them, they they're really strong. Um, we had a good game of cricket. We played really well ourselves, but. Possibly they were just much better, than, well, not much better, but better than us on the day. Um, I know they've slipped up a couple of times since, and it's kind of you look at that scorecard and you're like, oh, how have they lost this or dropped points there? I think they've gone overseas, but I haven't really seen how he's been getting on. But I, I know you probably tell me otherwise, mathematically, I think I read in Nick Archer's report that they probably have to win all six to win it um, or retain it, which I, I think is quite difficult for anyone. Um, so, therefore, it sort of makes you think, oh, maybe. Maybe they won't, but I still, I still think they're the the, the better team, one of the strongest teams in the league, and the team to beat for me. Yeah, so that 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 does. Like, again, I'm not just saying this because he's on the call, but I don't know how possible if you Shay keep Barker and Andy Mee plays every game, especially in the white ball stuff. It's ridiculous, guys. So you really don't know. Mm. You look at Smethwick's next five game. Well, next five games, they've got Mosley, they've got Wolverhampton, they've got Bart Green, they've got yourselves K and D, and then they finish with Kiddy and Burkswell. So if they go on a run, they've they've got it in their hands if they want to try and do it. Such. Yeah, I think um, as Jack said there, I think it's well, 120 points is a lot of points, and to win six games of cricket from even our position down in sixth and Smethwick uh, in fifth is going to be really, really tough. So um, there's hopefully the weather doesn't make uh, the big call. Uh, hopefully all, all everybody can play six games at the top and bottom part of the table because I think it's going into a really exciting part of it. There's three or four teams that could still go down. I know Kitty have got pretty much an impossible task ahead of them, but there's three, four, maybe five teams that could win the league and there's still three, four, five teams that could go down going into the last six. So I'm... I'm uh, it's ex- extremely exciting with all the negativity around the weather. It's actually probably made it into very open field, uh, both ends of the table. So from our point of view, we can't take our foot off the gas. We've got to keep, um, we've got some big games coming up and I know there's going to be availability, as Jack said earlier, with the Metro 50, as it's called, and younger players getting involved in in white ball cricket and and obviously guys going into the hundred and, and things like that, then availability is going to be a, a massive part of it. And and hopefully, like I said, the weather doesn't get involved, but it's, it's very, very exciting going into these last six. Yeah. So you've got Smethwick next week, us, um, then Barnes Green, Kenilworth, Hales, Owen, Ombersley, Shrewsbury. Are you still focused on that title? Once they're focused, I think we're, <clears throat> if anything, we're focused on just game by game, and whichever team we're playing against, this is more about us in terms of trying to having as much fun as possible. I think that's one thing that's you know changed from us as a team that used to struggle a lot in the league for a league in the long for a long time, a few years ago to to now being a little bit more successful is the fact that we stop worrying about the result and just start worrying about having fun. Mm. I think with that you end up playing better cricket as well. So um so I wanted to focus on that league. I'll be lying though if you know two games to go if we're still in it, I'll, I'm definitely gonna be thinking about it. But for now, it's just about Smethwick and seeing seeing how they progressed. And hopefully, we'll, again, the main thing for us is having good availability. You know, I think we will still be impacted by the one-day Metro Cup. I think Andy will probably be playing a lot quicker for Somerset. Um, but at the same time, I think Barker might be freed up a little bit more. 
because he doesn't play as much white stuff, white ball stuff. Um, but I think he might be this year. So he's um, the one thing about him. He's you know as long as he's not doing anything on Saturday, he will play. Um, so that's one thing I do appreciate about that. And um, same with you know Shay. Um, I think he's as long as they're around, they will play. Um, so I think we've missed the cutoff for the eighties. So we won't see him this year playing in the league, which is a shame for everyone. Um, certainly for us. Um, but I think yeah. So I think it's just about well, six weeks. My my biggest the thing I'm more worried about is the weather. I'd hate for it to come down to an abandoned game or something um, of that sort um, in the next six weeks. I think as long as it's dry, I think everyone plays everyone. Whoever wins at the end of the day will be a worthy winner. I think. Yeah, so talking of abandoned games, we'll move on to Will, a member of the side who've had the most abandoned game since 2012. <laughs> Will, um, what are your thoughts? Well, what do you think are going to be the big key moments in the final six weeks at the top of the table? We'll have a bit of a say because I think we've got, uh, we've got that this weekend, their place, and I think we finish off with Mosley and we've still got Hales Owen to play. Um, so we, you know, we've got a difficult run going in. So we'll have a bit of part to play and all of that. Um, but like you say, hopefully the wind changes its direction and starts blowing some of this warm air from Europe over our way. Otherwise, you know, we're going to be of a washout towards the end. I can barely hear any of you because the rain's banging so hard on my conservatory roof. <laughs> That's why I'm surprised you can't hear it. It's raining that hard here. <laughs> <laughs> It was just, I thought just like static on the TV is what it sounds like. <laughs> no, um, it just it just massively changes, doesn't it? Um, don't know if teams have relied on being able to bowl three bowlers every week for the last eleven weeks as they normally would. Um, with it being reduced overs for a lot of games, probably use more bowlers than they normally would. It's been shorter form of the game, so I don't know if it's white ball will be a huge difference, but um. Those white ball teams will be in this last bit, I'm sure, and if get a dry August. Um, there were a lot of runs, what was it? End of May, wasn't there? It was like we had a bit of a... When was our two-week dry spell? When was that? It was like start end of May, start of June, something 20, like that. 2022, yeah, we, wasn't it? <laughs> 2022, yeah. But, we, but um, there's been a lot of runs around this year. Even with the bad weather, there's still, there's still some reasonably big scores going around. So I think it might come down to whichever team out past the other no, that's silly to say, but rather than bowling other teams out, around, so it's probably going to win those. Yeah, so we'll look at the bottom half of the table and it moves on quite nicely. Smethwick lost to Ombersley at the weekend. Ombersley scoring 237 all out. Rizwan Hussain 81, Nick Hammond 37 and Gareth Andrew 30 before bowling Smethwick all out for 59. Gareth Andrew, 5 for 39 off his 10 overs, and Josh Holling, 4 for 17 off 7. How did you react when you got that result, when you saw that result, Will? Surprising. Somebody literally said it to me as I was walking off the pitch. So, you know, as I was sort of like still thinking about the game that we just played, but somebody just literally just blurted it out. And uh, I had to go and check it myself, to be honest, because I thought they were having me on. Like a bit like the Litchfield game, but um, it's not something you really expect, is it? Like, is that the lowest total of the year in the league so far? We, I think, we got bowled no. out for forty odd against Wolves start of the season. We got Adam Finch. Knew that three. really? I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> lowest record game. 
for a team that scores so many runs every week with the batting line they've got, it's not something yeah. you expect, is it? It's a bit of a chop result. And um, obviously, you always fall under the radar and we always forget to talk about it because they sort of, middle of the road, sort of where they are all the time. It's not mm. the kind of upset you kind of expect. Obviously, I guess. Um, yeah, that victory's put them four points behind Bart Green in sixth. Uh, their joint seventh with Kenilworth Wardens, both of them, both of those sides on 164. Ten points behind them are Barnards Green, who lost to Hales Owen. And nine points behind them are Burkswell, who beat Mosley at the weekend and 20 points behind them is Shrewsbury who got a winning draw against Kenilworth Wardens and uh, 65 points behind them are Kiddy. so a tough a tough game at the weekend then us yeah but a tough and weird game as well you know we we had them I think 60 for 75 something like this mm. um but I think whenever James the crease is still kind of worried in terms of mm. that guy can, can do something ridiculous, which he did on Saturday. Um, he batted so well. So then they ended up getting 2.30. I think we got a few things wrong. I probably got a couple of things tactically wrong as well. Yeah, I think 2.30 was still was a pass score. It's a pretty decent wicket at their place. It's a very, very short boundary as well. And I think probably back ourselves to chase this down. Um, We were kind of set, you know, I think like I said earlier, 100 to get off 20 overs with six or seven wickets in hand. Um, However... A moment of the game changed in terms of the bit of a they changed the ball and uh, it just kind of changed the game. It started swinging and side bottom was obviously deadly in those conditions. And I think got three wickets and not 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 many balls. You know, he made about eleven overs to bat for a draw. Me and the number nine and we were doing okay until second last ball of the day where I thought we could kind of nick this to the keeper. Um, I'd already been dropped actually. I, I had. Um, I was having a chat with Sidebar on my second slip and just kept talking about, just have a general chat. And then I nicked one that nearly missed his head by two centimetres. I think just just flew past his head. Um, I kind of thought, this is probably be our day. We should, might be okay to hang on here. But with two balls to go, just nicked one straight to the keeper. It's just a shame. But I think it kind of sums up the game where, you know, we, we started off really well. They then, they then had a really good back end of their innings. We then started really well, had a, weird middle then we do not care for a draw and then to lose it so it's a it's more of a weird game than anything but it's quite disappointing you know it kind of finishes our red ball stuff with a loss i think you know we had a pretty good run in terms of winning six or seven in a row then we lost one to jack's team and then losing this one here so it's pretty disappointing end to lose two but i think you take that kind of seven wins in a row that puts us towards the top of the end of the table um and then going to this format it's just about putting right what we did start the season. You know, we lost three out of five or all three games in the white ball start of the season. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as a chat, we had a chat about it, just kind of going into the next six, a lot more confidence now. I think that's it's just the aim of six games. Um, I'm trying to just play our best cricket. Yeah, Nick James, as you mentioned, 104 off 110 balls and Ryan Sidebottom finished with four for 53 off his 17. Josh Aspinall, Three for 26 off 10. Adnan Riaz, three for 41. And also Ross Warwood got 42. So, Will, going into the final six games, you're 20 points off Berkswell. And yeah, it seems like everyone down the bottom's got a bit of form about them. It's going to be tight, do you think? Very tight, yes. Very tight. I think we've got, what is it, four of the top. Well, three of the three of the top four, Ombersley, and then we've got Berkswell and Kitty to play. So um, you know, it's it's hard to say really, but um yeah, 
really disappointed to see that but it's all got the win. Obviously, we've finally got a bit of luck and we've got some points on the board. And like you said, 120 points to play for. It's going to change. People are going to go up, come back down. It'll be easy. I think it's going to be a be tense. You know, I think things are starting to heat up a little bit between teams as well. It's you know, it's um, it's been a bit like old school, a bit nitty gritty. Is a few words flying around. It's quite enjoyable actually. It's uh. You know, it's sending me back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it was I had a chat with on the field. I talk about it on here. I say it's always too nice. It might be when we were playing against Smedic, and um, we went at each other a little bit. And I think Jack um, was batting, and we just said, "What nice this actually?" Because like we were literally going at each other. And it's like it's nice to have somebody in your ear. Um, <laughs> you're not very good at the game. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it makes you try a bit harder. <laughs> Andrew was actually as you were. You know, that was. There was a bit going there that day as well. I don't think we've helped ourselves at times, but, <laughs> but no, it's nice to get a positive result. And um, I don't think it could have gone any way for us other than a winning draw on on Saturday. We um we packed quite well, but another total over two fifty, you know, two seventy, whatever it was we got, and we actually only created nine chances. Um, everybody walked when they were supposed to. Uh, <laughs> you know, the pitch was playable. We got the game on. You know, we did our best. We got the game on. Um, to ask for kind of worst request. Um, we weren't too scared to play, you know, all that stuff that's been oh, said mate. before. <laughs> so, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and we, we got a positive result, you know, and their, um, their spectators weren't there to clap us off this time, which was a shame, but never mind. Nick Archer's, Nick Archer's oh. definitely got a few more emails in him before he retires, mate. Come on. <laughs> oh, my he, God. It's funny, it's funny you should say, because he was there on Saturday and I had a chat with him about a few things. And uh, he said he had a he had a tragic moment in his first year as you know in charge, but since then it's been absolutely plain sailing until this year is last. And he says he's never had a year like it. It's most difficult. He's had about four or five firsts. He doesn't really he's never seen before in the game. So it's uh, it's been um, it was an interesting uh, chat about him. And I already knew about one of the things that happened on Saturday, and he just renews how everybody knows so fast. The so whole league knows everything within about 10 15 minutes of it happening, and everyone knows every single detail. It's like, just he finds it quite funny to be honest. <laughs> Most of it, I think the source of that, that where he's just, we're just counting the days down until we don't have to bother him anymore. It's quite funny because actually, the last time I saw Jack, we were talking about the uh Kenilworth Wardens versus Shrewsbury game at Kenilworth after that Birmingham League game. But yeah, Jack, what are your thoughts on the bottom six? I think it goes without saying it's probably a very big, it's a big surprise for most of us to see Burkeswell down there, you'd say. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I know someone's got to go down, but I, I can't see Burkeswell dropping. I, I might be wrong, I just, I just can't see it. Um, like I say, I know someone has to go, but I, I say the same about Shrewsbury as well. I can't see them going. I think they've got too many individual match winners. You look at JMO, got 100 on Saturday. Um, they got side bottom, you've got two players there. And if they perform the 50 ever game, it's generally going to win them the match. Shrewsbury, same with Hargrave, Parsons can come off. Can't, like, I know, someone's got to go. Um, and maybe it will be a big team, but, um, yeah, I, I, I see a lot of those bottom teams winning a, a lot more teams before the end of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, I think, well, we're in a pretty interesting predicament because we're sixth and if we lose a couple, we're probably down there with them. But if we win a couple, we kind of give ourselves a chance to go back into the mix again. So um, I think having, having a coffee with the guys at Shrewsbury 
couple of weeks ago after not bowling a ball against them across two games. I think the luck is really not. They've got to try and find something that's going to um, give them a bit of luck this year with the amount of abandoned games and they might miss a few players due to... I've seen Harry Darley's doing quite well for Worcester and all that sort of stuff. So even kind of a little bit of luck that way uh, is not going Shrewsbury's way this year. And whether it's people not walking or getting into interesting conversations... I just don't think a, it's going to be their year, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, Sorry how, to say that, though. Mate. It, it seemed like it was going to. It seemed like it was going to turn around a little bit because I thought the day was going to be awful because I rocked up and I saw the camera, you know, for the stream every every morning at Shrewsbury. I saw that, and I put it all up, and I noticed that the microphone had been unplugged. So I took it down again, put it back up, saw it, and put it again. I was like, I can't be doing this. And the telescopic pole that you put up has two tightness. The bottom one is already broken. I know that. So I get it. I get the ladder up. Um, the ladder is behind there for the black side screen. So I put the ladder up the top. I think, oh, I can't quite reach the clip. I'll just lower it down slightly, and uh, and I'll do the clip from. No. Thank you for holding. The Calcorner podcast will be back after this short intermission. Hey, you do do not want to know the words that I've just been shouting at my laptop. Um, but yeah, sorry, you you just, you just my internet just dropped off, so I just had to switch internet. Right. Yeah, so anyway, you, you, you just climbed up top and um, to the so, that, so you didn't get me falling off. No, you climbed up to the top. Oh, sorry, shit. guys. I'm not sure I've got that story in a minute again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great stuff. So, Sam Whitney. Oh, no. Sam Whitney, who's just joined us. Welcome, oh, it's Sam. It's not your year, is it, Will? It really isn't your year. <laughs> the actual bit I was talking about then was a funny bit as well, but never mind. So anyway, anyway I, was just about, I was just about to say, Sam, welcome welcome to the podcast. Um, so, who would you like to uh, join you in Division 2 next season? <laughs> He's got to unmute himself oh, first. <laughs> oh, more technical. You all right, Sam? Still there, mate? Oh, Sam, just, it's just you've a... got to unmute yourself, mate. <laughs> Thank you for holding. The Cow Corner Podcast will be back after this short intermission. Well, I'm the microphone that I got there, Sam. <laughs> hey, I've done it. Yeah, it's like lockdown all over again. So, Sam, who would you <laughs> like to but... come down okay. to, to? Who would you like to play against next season in Division Two? Can you hear me? Yes. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really <laughs> thought about it, to be honest. Um, how many points of Shrewsbury offer? About twenty. They're gonna. I think it's gonna be some effort for them to um, come out of that. But like say with Burks, well, you just can't see them going down with the guys they've got in their team. But how I many you can say that with? With every side, I think the surprise has been, you know, Barnard's Green and maybe the likes of Hales Owen doing so well. But yeah, by the looks of it, it looks like a a big side's coming down to join us now that we're uh, flying high at night. 
<laughs> Looking forward to talking that about that in a minute. So yeah, they are twenty points behind Burke's well, thirty well, twenty-nine points behind Barnard's Green, thirty-nine points behind Ombersley and Kenilworth Wardens, and then forty-three points behind Barnt Green. Okay, we did have a listener question which has come in and it came. It's from Greg Wright and he asked, ah, yes, that was the question he asked. He asked, um, he's been watching the quarterback show and he said, what's everyone's thoughts on the potential of a draft where all of the best young players get drafted to the various Birmingham League sides? So I think, Sutz, we'll start with you as you are Mr. High Performance (laughs) and Mr. All-Knowing of all the youth players in the Birmingham League. Oh, crikey. Um, a draft for youth players, I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to go down particularly well. Um, you've got players there that have got association with those sorts of clubs, whether their dads are there or brothers or they've been there since they were eight, nine years old. So I think having a, a draft system for for youth players is probably not the the best way to go personally. I think whenever having these sorts of conversations with young players, I think the one thing I would say, and this is to captains and and Jack as well, kind of, I would never tell a club what to do with a young player. I think the the young players have to earn earn their stripes a little bit in terms of they, just because they're on a pathway, whether it's at Warwickshire or, or Worcestershire, um, I think they have to learn their ways of kind of earning the right to play this level of cricket. I think that's the one thing I would say. Um, it's, in my opinion, it's semi-professional cricket. You could have internationals playing. As Jack knows, he's just played with uh, a first-class cricket from South Africa, um, Samit Patel, uh, a first-class and international cricketer. So you're not going into a league of, of bang average cricketers. So as a young player, you've got to probably earn the right a little bit. And as long as you're getting the opportunity and there's a chance for them to develop and learn, then they've just got to earn, they've got to wait their turn a little bit. I think a draft, I, I don't know how it would work. Obviously it's good to say those sort of things, but what would be the, how would you do it? Would you literally just go, well, these are the 25 players and and we pick going from there. Cause you could have, mm-hmm. would you do that every year? Because then you've got players moving club to club to club. And that's the last thing I would want young players to do. I'd want them yeah. to to kind of try and make their name at, at a club for a period of time rather than listening to a 21, 22-year-old who's had three, four, five clubs before they've even known how to play the game. So I think it just becomes a bit of a mm. minefield, really. But mm. I, I guess you do, you do it a bit like the draft system where you'd have the lowest ranking team pick first and then maybe they, get, they just play with that team. And then when you get a new batch of young cricketers come through they go through the system and then contractor players for non-homegrown players there could be a bit of logic there so i'm thinking i don't know if you finish bottom of the league you can have first pick of the non-homegrown player so I'm trying to think who the best contract like will rhodes for example yeah, yeah. Mm. um i think homegrown players it's a non-starter because that's that's what clubs pride themselves on isn't mm. it sort of developing these young players letting go and play for counters and whatnot and you reap the rewards when they're they're a bit older but potentially for those that aren't homegrown so those that were actual Worcester that from uh, from elsewhere in the country but yeah probably flying towards parts generally 
Well, you He's get the option, him. don't you? You can say no then, can't you? You get the first choice. Yeah. Half of them don't drive. So how are they going to get to the game? Oh my god! I hope Shrewsbury start winning some games. Bloody hell! He is grumpy, isn't he? He is really grumpy. Whilst you're all on here, we also had a question from Dave Matthews. He says, in regards right, to man. the um, <laughs> Dave Matthews banner, yeah. um, in yeah. regards to the minor counties showcase games that have been on recently he says why is there no gentleman's agreement that the minor team bowls first that way increases the chances of making a day of it and rather than a minnow being bowled out cheaply um, look at the Shropshire versus Worcester game potentially a bad day for the sponsors uh, that want a full day of cricket I think it always used to be but I don't think there was as much on the games as there was now it's actually more they call it a showcase but before it was just a friendly so I'm pretty sure Worcester Warwickshire would have just said, we'll be, yeah, we'll have a game with you, but we'll bat first. And we'll bring our team down, we'll bat first and we'll do what we want. And then you can come and have a bowl at us. That's kind of how it was. But probably want to make it more of an actual game. Um, but, you know, the Shropshire game could have worked out for the better because the rain came along. If they'd have got bowled out cheaply, you would have seen both sides bat. Mm. But um, it, I think everyone was did find it strange that they won the toss and chose to bat first. Even Shropshire themselves thought that they were going to get crucified uh, on the spot or chasing forks down the road um, by all the angry fans. But um, they are probably right. Everyone everyone came to watch probably Worcester that rather than the lads they hadn't heard of before. Okay, final question for the Division 1 segment of it. And it's a question for Jack from someone called Tom. He says, question for Jack. He says, why isn't Gareth Davis playing at the moment? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, He played for our twos on Saturday. He got a four wicket. Um, Yeah, he, again, I'd say one of the reasons we've done well this year is we managed to keep a core group of players with availability over a period of time. Gaz does a lot of coaching, is developing well in that area. I think he's the assistant coach for England Blind. Um, so I'm sure he'll admit himself that he sort of struggles to make himself available for consecutive weeks or a block of weeks, which is quite important for us. So that's probably the main reason. Fantastic. So just finishing off this segment, guys, just one quick prediction for the final six weeks. And we'll start with Jack. You could go long-term league-wise. You can go even just for Summit short-term like next week, or you can even just go for Summit like Will Parton to score 500 runs in the next six games. <laughs> well, apart from this Saturday. I'll be on 550. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think the weather is going to play a big part and I think there could be some sort of controversy coming from that, particularly with teams maybe pushing to play under sort of like certain conditions and other teams not playing. I think, yeah, I think something might come from that in terms of consistency and what certain teams playing and other teams don't. I hope not, but I've said it for a while. Unfortunately, I think this the difference between five points and 20 points is five points in the balance is, is too great. Um, and I'm a, I said it for a while. I think at some point it is going to affect whoever wins the league or whoever gets relegated. I hope it doesn't happen this year, but I think it will at some point. Um, oh my word! I think the the K and D kind of this part of the season. I think it's going to be very difficult to stop them. Uh, I think they're going to be with what I saw on Saturday when missing two or three of their best players. The way they played their cricket, um, I think uh, they'll be a tough team to stop. I'm, I'm not. I don't think they'll win all six. 
but I think they'll win most of their games. Um, and I think it's, I think Hale's own will have to do a serious amount um, to keep up with those guys. Uh, so I can just see K&D uh, winning the league this year. Great stuff. And finishing it off with Will. Yeah, I think uh, the end of the year, I think the pound's going to be really strong. Um, <laughs> you did say anything. You, did, you didn't say it. You said anything. So that's my opinion. No. Uh, no, I think, uh, I don't think that it will be a, a two-team race at the bottom. Um, I think a couple of other teams will be dragged into it. I think our result against Canada's might have just dragged them into that. I think, so I said it earlier, a couple of bad results your way and you end up in, unfortunately, in that race at the bottom. And uh, other than that, I don't really know if I can make much of a prediction at the top. I don't I generally have no idea what's going to happen. I think we're going to have a blistering, um, blazing hot finish to the year. I'm going to be, I'm going to be positive. And uh, I think um, the teams who play the best cricket are going to find themselves in the best position. Come on. Will, fighting talk. Let's see it. Let's see it. Come on. Tell us how you're going to stay up, Will. Doing what we're doing. <laughs> Gave you the music and everything to, for a big speech. But yeah, on that note, we'll move ourselves on to the, the best battery, best power and best bowler that we play against every week it has to leave 15 minutes before the game every time we have to play <laughs> uh, actually, my other prediction is uh, Jack's going to have a sub uh, power performance on Saturday and only take eight <laughs> not even listening not even listening not I even think really. I think there's a slight delay maybe on Jack's uh, feed oh well, he's no gone. no, oh, he's, no he's gone he's I done. think his headphones may be faltering but anyway on that note, we'll move ourselves on oh. to the division and the thing, the moment this weekend that everyone's been waiting to talk about and Division 2 with the man himself, Sam Whitney. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so we move ourselves on to Division 2. And our first listener question comes in from Spencer Farrington. He says... Has Litchfield's match abandonment saved Bridge North? Oh, Spence. He's from well, he's allowed to play Bridge North as well. Um There is. I don't know. Um I think it's helped us out in a big way. I think we were very surprised about it all. And but looking at the league table now, we're definitely uh in a much better position and it, it leaves Litchfield. We're fielding now, 
not as far clear as they were and you know, a couple of wins and we're looking at four, fifth, sixth. So yeah, I think these white ball games are gonna yeah. On the way to I'm on we're on the way to fourth, which I'm excited about. <laughs> but um, Michigan Mega Bowl. I mean I mean it's I mean it's not only that. I mean we we actually haven't lost a game for five weeks. We we had three winning draws in a row and then obviously the big washout um last week and then yeah, the massive twenty four points Saturday. So We've uh, we've played some really good cricket in the in the last month or so, so I think that has also helped our uh, our cause. But yeah, I think um, we got a we got a bit of a lucky one on Saturday. I'm gonna I must say. <laughs> so for anyone, so for anyone who hasn't heard yet, tell us what happened when you rocked up on Saturday. Well, we got we got the email from Litchfield to say that we couldn't park on the normal car park, and so we automatically thought, you know, something's going on. They said there was a music festival going on. I thought, didn't really think anything of it. Um, got to the ground, saw the big stage set up. I had a bit of a chat with a few of the organisers of the of the festival and. You know, they were looking, they'd, they'd sold over a thousand tickets and just looking at where it was, they put a bit of a barricade of port and football goals across, you know, pretty much I don't know, about five yards from the boundary. So, and also the wind was going that way um, as well. So that obviously didn't help, but I don't think that really played much part in it. But yeah, speaking to them, they, obviously the, the league knew about it. I know Nick put a couple of, very experienced umpires in there who maybe got two of his best umpires and just to make sure they made the right decision. And yeah, we, we ended up going and warming up and I still didn't really think much of it. I, I thought it was a bit strange and I thought, you know, 1500 people watching a music um, festival while a game of cricket's going on. And, you know, I think it was probably only a 60 yard, 70 yard hit and, you know, it's hitting someone on the head. So we, Finished warming up. Simo calls us over and just says, "You know, the game's off." I thought I thought he was joking. I thought you can't be serious. This is unbelievable news. I thought I don't have to play at Litchfield because it's not the greatest of grounds to play at. I think they do quite well um, at home as well with their three seamers and you know usually quite a green track and and no one really ever likes going there. So yeah, we we. We kind of accepted it and had a bit of a chat with their guys, and it was just it was just a little bit of it was just a bit of a weird feeling around the ground already. I think I don't think the sports club and the cricket club get on too well, so there was something going on there. I was trying to have a bit of a laugh and a joke with their team, and they were having none of it. And yeah, they they ended up what they wanted to play on the third team pitch, which I'm sure well everyone's seen the photo that I sent across and I know Brinda was really keen on playing on that shock. But uh yeah, there's no chance there was no chance that was there that was fit to play on. And yeah, we we've ended up leaving and it's probably my favourite Saturday of the year so far. <laughs> a quick but, game um, is a good game as they yeah, say. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah that and shadow batted around the boundary for two hours. Yeah, I did walk around, walk, walk around <laughs> the boundary with a cricket bat. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, 
Jack, have you heard anything like it? Uh, um, no, no. I think we probably heard it quite a lot. So, um, no, I must admit, when I saw it was abandoned, I was messaging all the people I knew in that league, sort of asking what was going on. I didn't expect that, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, Nick Arch was at, he was at Treasury's game. So once I'd, you know, I'd, I'd been to, we were, I ended up going and watching All Brighton v Beacon for five, ten overs, which was interesting. And then I and then went to Schiffnall for a bit and then went to Shrewsbury and uh, Nick Archer was there. And then, yeah, I had a bit of a chat with Nick. I didn't really know what was what the outcome was going to be. And, yeah, obviously we didn't have a chance to get any points and it wasn't anything to do with weather or pitch. So, yeah, so when it came in that we'd actually got the 24 points, I was, you know, I was a little bit surprised, but then speaking to a lot of people, they were, um, they, they, most people have said, well, there's no other outcome really. It says on play cricket that you won by 10 wickets. Are you claiming all of them, Sam? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Cause I reckon <laughs> that would double my tally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, unfortunately not. <laughs> but yeah, it's, as you said, Sam, it's, it's really opened up the relegation battle and brought another side into it. And it's, blown it wide open, Litchfield, a side who have spent the whole season in the top five, um, even spent a few weeks in first place, week five and week six, um, spent the first six weeks of the season in the top two and now find themselves in 11th, as you say, four points behind Werfield. It's it's really tight down there. So just so you know, you've got Bromsgrove who are rock bottom in 12th with 102 points, then 38 points ahead of them on 140 are Litchfield. Four points ahead of them are Werfield in 10th. Then in 9th, seven points ahead of them are Bridge North. Six points ahead of them in 8th are Leamington. Four points ahead of them are Harborne in 7th. Two points ahead of them in 6th are Schiffnell. Four points ahead of them are Tamworth. So 27 points being the gap between 11th and 5th. Do you think it's given you a, as good a chance now, Sam? Um, yeah, well, definitely. We, I mean, I was watching game and then they won by they won by one wicket and I was thinking if we do get those 24 points we're going to be above them and watching the Leamington Wurfield game closely as well because that went down to the wire and I thought you know if if we do get these points and and Litchfield get dot their points we're um we're right in there and like like I said earlier if we put a couple of results together in the white ball stuff early on we're gonna well you know a couple of wins and we, we could be pretty safe which we didn't think that was going to happen after well, well documented after the last pod uh, losing the streak that you kept going on about <laughs> <laughs> well you don't come on mate you can't defend yourself so yeah, so it's yeah, it's really opened things up, especially with Werfield losing to Leamington the other day, and then Schiffnell getting another victory against Tamworth as they look to claw themselves out of the well, claw themselves further away. Schiffnell now unbeaten since week eight. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite surprising. I mean, if you speak to a few of the Schiffnell guys, they they know they've underperformed, and you know no one's really scored any runs and. I think it's been three or four games where they've won nine wickets down. I think their bowlers have really got them out of shit a little bit. So their pro hasn't scored many runs. They just 
kind of finding ways to win at the moment, which is, you know, good for a side. But it definitely means we, we play them on Saturday and after the reverse fixture, we know they're a team that are there for the taking. So always like to give Schiffner one. Hopefully that doesn't come back and bite me in the ass. But <laughs> what about the cricket? <laughs> I'm looking Same forward up for that to one. It. I hope it, I hope it's a friendly, nice friendly. Promise is giving me a lift down to Dorset after the game. So, well, <laughs> if 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 selected, if he's selected, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so they were all tight games down at the bottom. So Werfield. Uh, versus Leamington. Leamington winning by five runs. Uh, Leamington putting on 165 before being all bowled out by Werfield. Werfield then falling, as I said, five short. Really close affair with Matthew Reese, number 11, finishing not out on 27. Greg Wright, who is the last person to fall to Jonathan Wigley. Uh, friend of the pod there, Greg falling for 44, absolutely gutting for Werfield, but a uh, great result for you, Sam. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I didn't really, well, I'm not sure what, what um, outcome I wanted from that game. The Werfield haven't actually won that many white ball games, so I think with Leamington beating them and now they're below us, it, it kind of puts a bit of pressure on them. But Leamington, you know, they've really struggled this year. They Darwich hasn't got going. Um, yeah, they, they managed to find something on Saturday. I know they, they nearly threw it away, really. But yeah, John's turned up with a six for. Can't believe, can't believe he didn't get him on tonight to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, six for forty three off uh, sixteen overs. Um, <laughs> cheers, mate. Um, but, <laughs> and Greg. Greg Raff, uh, Raff I mean, I mean, can, uh, can we just get can we just get anyone from Division Two? Like I hate just me every time. <laughs> I, well, mate, I tried, I try, I try every team. Since, Harris, since, since Harrison got dropped, we've been on my own. <laughs> well, mate, we had we tried to get someone from <laughs> West Brom for the last that, two weeks. But... Tried to get someone from West Brom for the last two three weeks, and then got someone who we wanted to do it from Litchfield, and then couldn't come on tonight because he's at a meeting sorting out all the shit from. What happened on Saturday? So we've been quite unlucky with Div Two guests, uh, but yeah, I'll get you a friend there, Sam. Um, <laughs> he was yeah. really happy. He was really happy about being um, made to travel to Bridge North last week. Anyway, they um, <laughs> t- turned up and pretty much the ground was underwater. And I just said to him, "Sorry, John, you made us travel earlier in the year." He was like, "Yeah, fair enough." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. lovely. Um, but yeah, the Schiffnall game, um, Schiffnall, well, Schiffnall bowling, Tamworth all out for 136 and then knock him off nine down, another tight affair. So it's looking like it's going to go right to the wire. At the top end, though, your top three, West Brom, Himley and Coventry, all with victories and Dorridge continue their poor run of form, uh, which sees them drop to fourth place. Do you think there's any way back for Dorridge and their title push, Sam, or do you think that they've probably just gone now? Yeah, it's tough to say. I, I think there's, you know, there's still enough time left in the season for them to go on a bit of a run. I don't know how much cricket Chris Wright's going to play. I mean, will, will he play in the one-day cup for Leicester? Very unlikely. So they might have him. But 
Yeah, looking at <laughs> looking at their attack, they've obviously got Mr. Birmingham League, David Ball. Um but when we played him a few weeks ago, he could only he could only bowl off a few steps. I know he he, he does he does sometimes halfway through the season get uh, a few niggles and and struggles to bowl like he has in the at the start of the season. But he's still there to score some runs. But I think looking down their side, they yeah they're probably just not as good all round. You know, a better eleven than the likes of West Brom and Himley. Himley look a very good side. Yeah, we played them a few weeks ago, and I think we, I think, well, Ollie Westbury told me that we lucky with the weather, but uh, they are local one to eleven, and then West Brom have just, yeah, they just, just seem unbeatable at the moment. They've got, I mean, putting it into context, they've got seven bowlers, and their eight bowlers, Tim Maxfield, who was the first change seamer for Shropshire over the weekend, so. They've a very strong side, and they've got some really good young cricketers who are scoring a lot of runs. So, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be tough to tough to chase. Now. Yeah, West Brom winning at the weekend by five wickets, chasing down Bromsgrove's two eight nine five down in the fifty first over. You're looking at that top few, and you've got West Brom in first place with two hundred sixteen, Himley with two hundred four, third place Coventry and North Warwickshire one hundred ninety seven. Dorridge, 185, and finishing out the top five, uh, Tamworth with 167. So much closer to Schiffnell and the bottom half than um, Litchfield even now than that top three, four. So would you say it's you're probably looking at your victor out of those top three? Yeah, if it, I was putting money on it, I'd probably go with definitely West Brom, Himley... Just with Himley, their maybe their batting isn't too set up for white ball cricket, but they do. They've got some very very good players. Donald they might Mike West West as well. Mm. Now with this like, job, like, the football season starting again. Yeah, it's a good point actually because I I did hear that I don't think he's um, he can play that many that many more. But then again, it might strengthen their yeah. batting lineup in white ball cricket. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Wes listens anymore after he was on. So, even if he does, he probably stopped listening after the last episode, didn't he? There we go. Well, Himley, Himley the, the team we've said have looked good and then sort of dropped off and not quite got it done several seasons. Really promising. So maybe it's the year that they actually keep yeah. their form going and get the push to come up. Yeah, looking at the fixtures for next week, you've got Werfield versus Litchfield in a 10th versus 11th battle. And in the, at the top end, you've got Himley versus what? West Brom in the top two. And then Cov in third have got Tamworth, who are in fifth. And then Dorridge have got Lemington. So a side who are struggling for a bit of form at the top, coming up against the side down the bottom, who have come into a bit of form and are looking to scrap their way. And not only that, but we've got local derby, Schiffnell versus Bridge North. And uh, Harborn in seventh have then got Bromsgrove. So, wow, wow, what a weekend of cricket coming up, Sam. And it's all going to be rained off. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Get get down to Bournemouth early. Last time I played cricket in Bournemouth, I was um, snake bites Sunday with Will and, uh, Will and his uh, missus. <laughs> yeah, that's right, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, 
so Jack, obviously not playing in Division Two, but having a look at it, any any thoughts and uh, thoughts and opinions? Um, yeah, without sounding boring, I think it's difficult to look past Dartmouth and Himley. Um, Norwich obviously got off to fly, and I, th- I was expecting them to sort of run away with it, but they've obviously gone through a bit of a bad form recently, mm. um, which I think is massive this time of season. M- momentum is key. Um, so yeah, boring unfortunately, but I think it would be Dartmouth and Himley. Yeah, Dorridge's form since their well last win, which was against Bromsgrove in week ten. They lost to Harborne and Tamworth, then got a losing draw against Bridge North and had two games abandoned before <clears throat> then losing to Himley at the weekend. Um such your thoughts on division two. Yeah, very similar to the uh, to Jacks really, I think West Brom are playing some really good cricket. Just looking at their lineup, that's a pretty steady batting lineup, and <clears throat> very difficult to beat at home. I think Himley will will keep moving forward. Bromsgrove, I do feel sorry for him. I see Jaden on numerous occasions. Kind of we go to the same um, Germany. Just seems like he's pulling his hair out. They get to ninety odd, and and uh, Ishmael Mohammed scores 144. I think it's going to be tough for, for Bromsgrove to to kind of get out of that. So, yeah, I think um, I would say that's probably a bit bit more clear cut than where the Premier League, um, the, uh, the first division is at the moment. So, yeah, very boring, I'm afraid, mate. So, same old, same old. <laughs> yes. So, it's. do you think that win, the win-lose white ball cricket will have a bigger impact on division two given that you've still got some sides who are probably in their second season playing it and some in their first not really personally i think that i think just the way everything's gone over the last few weeks i think the form that goes into i think everyone even kind of in the in the top division i think everyone plays the game pretty similar um yes there's an opportunity to draw a game and block it out but even this year we've played a lot of games of cricket and everyone just keeps going for it. Um, so I think they're pretty, I think the form table pretty much says as it is. Um, so I, I wouldn't see a massive difference. I can't see anybody really changing or moving six, seven places uh, in, in division two. So I think uh, at the moment, those two teams have at the top, especially have I've got it more than that. It's up to their, it's their choice to lose. I think more than anything. Sam, having a look at that bottom six, who's running would you rather have going into the final six games of the season? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't haven't seen them. Have you not? Okay. Um... It's not like like you've put a really good pack together to show him where all this information was. A complete cheat sheet for him. Exactly. Look at him looking at his phone. Squinting. Um, yeah, why don't I put my glasses on? <laughs> Quinton Tarantino. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, well, I can't say I'd rather have Worthfield running because I'm pretty sure they just follow us. So we've pretty much got the same running. So uh, I'm hoping West Brom have got it wrapped up by the end of the season because we played them last game. So I hope they're, um, yeah, I hope they just, although then again, if, they, if they've already got it sewn up, they could get 450 in the white ball cricket. Um, looking at the way they yeah, play, I mean, every it, side is sometimes worse. Yeah, they chase down, they chase down three three hundred against us at their place, and they all just come out and whack it. I mean that, you know, that the, the lad who got one hundred and forty on Saturday, Ishmael, he, Ishmael Mohammed, yeah, he, I mean, we, we were pretty, we were pretty happy to get him out one because everything that was anywhere near full just went for six. And the young lad, um, is it Yusuf Khalil? He, yeah, mm. um, he came in on a hat trick ball. 
And we were thinking, oh, young lad, he's going to be nervous. Six. We're just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> don't take the ball. Fair play. This um, generation doesn't waste any time anymore, mate. They don't see no, things they like that. They just want to whack it as far and as high as they possibly yeah. can. Yeah. I, I like, I know, like, that we, they won on the last ball of the game against us, but it was actually just so good to watch some of the, the way they played their cricket. And I think looking at the whiteboard as well, you always look at the teams that have got, you know, got five decent bowlers and they've got six or seven um, that they can choose from. So, Wi-Fi's rubbish, Samuel. That's what I feel. I haven't had got a great <laughs> Is it? Oh, sorry. Um, uh, um, <laughs> we didn't hear a word. We didn't hear a lick <laughs> of that, mate. Sorry. Even, it, even his Wi-Fi slow. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry. He's not happy with me there. <laughs> where, right, did, where, where, where did you lose, mate? Oh, to be honest, mate, I do not know. <laughs> We lost you about 55 minutes ago. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. West Brom Wackett. Yeah. West Brom Wackett. Um, West Brom Wackett. And yeah, well, Tamworth struggled early on with, in the white ball stuff as well. So yeah, you, you never know. They could get dragged into it. I know we weren't talking about that, but why not? Mm. You are. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're looking at you look around 212 points to to stay up in the division. So it, it generally most years, but obviously this year isn't most years. The last time that there was so much rain, it was around 180 odd points to stay in the division. So a couple of couple of key victories, two or three wins, and you might be safe. Yeah, I think I think Saturday is a massive game, and then uh, we had a good win against Coventry. Mm. So I mean, the, I think the only two games we've actually won this year have been Sheffield and Coventry. So the next two games are pretty big, and then yeah, we'll see see what happens in the running. We've just got play, at the moment. We've got players who are just standing up at the right time. Ryan Lockie's in very good form. I hate to say it because he'll just go on about it, but he's uh he's he's batting very well at the moment. He had a great knock against Himley actually when the pitch was doing a bit, and he batted all the way through. Um, David Laird is in unbelievable form with the ball. Um, I haven't seen him bowl like this ever before, and he's just taking three, four wickets a game, bowling long, long spells, and yeah, he just seems and, he, and he's getting good players out at the moment. So yeah, the the team's looking good. The Wavers wonders on fire this year, and so I think we're selection wise, we've we've actually got um, a couple of headaches. Coming up, I think we've got twelve or thirteen available for the next mm. few games, which is always good. Okay, yeah. So what what I'll do is I'll finish this two. up, and um, we'll go around we'll go around the group. And so, what are the big? What are going to be the key moments in the final six weeks in the win lose in Division Two? And we'll start with the man himself, Sam Whitney. Uh, I think the key moments can be. Seeing how Litchfield react to what's happened, really, with this um, this weekend, they've gone from being a team looking at the top, the top half of the table, looking at the top three, into being second bottom. So, how they react to that? I mean, the, the likes of Warfield also, Warfield and maybe ourselves, how we get because we recently. 
Mm. And then the top of the table, I think. Oh, have I have I froze again? Yeah, no, yeah. carry it. Just keep going on, mate. I'll edit it. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, West Brom are going to win it. great stuff and uh and uh uh yeah i think in going into the the last six games obviously not a massive difference between uh litchfield and and shifnell really 23 points between kind of four or five teams i think it's who can handle the pressure really in terms of those key moments obviously weather will will play a bit of a part hopefully will's right in terms of the, the weather gets better throughout August and all those yeah, games can be played. <laughs> and um but I think it's who handles those those pressure moments in white ball cricket. You can't block out for draws, you have to go for scores, you have to be positive, you have to have a, a bowling lineup of six bowlers at least. Um and everyone's going to be tested in, in the batting order. So it's who handles that pressure to stay up. I do think that West Brom and Emily will, will go up. Um, but to stay up, I think it's uh, who handles that pressure the, the best going into the last six. Jack? Uh, yeah, um, obviously 50 over stuff, white ball, you do need those more uh, bigger strength and depth. I actually think it will come down to individual performances. I think every team probably has one or two players that, that can win a game. Um, so I think sort of similar to what Sut said, who who can do that individually um, when the pressure's on. I think that will be able to uh, differentiate between who finishes where. Fantastic. And Will? Um, I'm going to say, and I've got no facts or basis behind <laughs> what I'm about to say, um, but I think that the teams with the least white ball experience in the league will struggle, um, which means that Litchfield might find themselves ended up staying down there, which means Coventry won't be able to catch up. Fair enough. I think that's a good enough thing, and especially sure. given that I thought you were about to say something like, "I think the team with the least points is going to go down." That's uh, <laughs> that's quite some quite decent insight there, well. Chi, as well. Anyway, we'll move ourselves on to our final section. So anyway, thank you very much uh, for listening to another episode of the Birmingham League Show. We've only got a couple episodes left. Um, so only 20 hours left of recording. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a big thank you to our special guest tonight, Jack Grundy. Um, you've been fantastic, mate. It's been great having you on and it'd be great to get you back on maybe towards the end of the season um, if you're if you're still flying high. No pressure, yeah. <laughs> but, I've uh, lost four in a row. He won't be coming back. I'll tell you <laughs> now, really. I'm not speaking to anyone. I'll probably be announced my retirement if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks again, guys. And uh, a big thank you to our second special guest, Sam Whitney, for joining us this <laughs> evening. Yeah. Sort your Wi-Fi out, mate, please. Sorry about the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi out. It's usually decent. Motion, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> No worries. And as always, thank you very much for listening. As always, you can like, share and subscribe. This has been another episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Until the next time, goodbye.